Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. Praise God. We love you, Brother Stone King. Take your liberty. God bless you, wonderful people. Would you do that uh, uproariously for a moment for the Lord? Would you just clap your hands for him? There's a great excitement and an anointing in this house here tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I worship you because you are God. Blessed be the name of Jesus forever. I am delighted to be here, and I feel that the Lord would have me to transmit a number of things to you this weekend. I want to draw your attention to the Gospel of John, the words of Jesus himself found in the Gospel of John, chapter 14. What a great privilege to be among people of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are a blessing. Some of you feel better already. <laughs> a delight to be with Brother and Sister Gleason. What a marvelous Christian family they are. You are so blessed to have them. Blessed to have people of God. Here in the Gospel of John, Chapter 14, beginning at verse 12, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father, unto my Father, or he could just as well have said, unto the Spirit. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. That's strictly power of attorney that God is giving to those of us who dare to believe on him, in him, and possess him. I simply want to entitle this tonight, The Things That Have Changed Me. Would you lift your hands, your voices, and your hearts, and would you sincerely ask God to help you to receive exactly what he would have you to receive here tonight? Lord Jesus, tonight, I thank you for the great power of God that is in this place. I thank you for the surge of urgency that I can feel among these people. I thank you for the hunger that is represented here tonight for all the sacrifice that has been made to get here, for the fasting and the prayer, the prayers of the people, and all of the angelic presence that has accompanied all of this great effort and this lifting up unto the very throne of God himself. Tonight I'm asking that you will anoint these lips of clay and cause me to speak as an oracle of the Lord, that you'll help me to transmit great faith I rebuke all fear in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke all intimidation in the name of Jesus Christ. Let great faith explode in us and help us, O oh God, to somehow be lifted to a higher level than we've ever been to before. I give you praise, glory, and honor. I ask these things in the matchless, resplendent, all-powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. The Lord bless you. Thank you for standing so long. You may go down clapping. Would you clap your hands again with all of your might? Something wonderful happens when people are in one mind and one accord. Something happens that does not happen any other time. So no matter who you are tonight, if you would clap your hands and let your voice out and simply lift up your voice in praise and adoration to God because we'll never shout enough, you'll never clap enough, we'll never pray enough, we'll never worship enough to thank Him 
for even one drop of blood. Jesus, I praise you tonight in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Lord bless you, you may be seated. Thank you for standing again. Most of you, or at least I suppose many of you, you know about me because you have heard me speak here or there, a tape, some DVD, a video, whatever. You know me as you know me from the pulpit, seeing me in the pulpit, and perhaps ministering among you in altar services. But most of you really do not know me at all. We've never had a conversation. You don't know exactly where I came from. You don't know the particulars, and you don't have any idea how it is that I am where I am today in this hour. I had nothing to do with my being born in this world. I didn't ask to be born. None of us did. But I found myself in this world as a young child. My father was an alcoholic. There is nothing you can tell me about alcohol. Nothing. We had very little. We lost everything we had when I was just a very young teenager because my father was picked up for the third time for drunken driving. We lost everything. It necessitated us moving. So I can tell you that I have worked since I was 12 years of age doing one thing or another, mostly of it gardening, because working on a, living in a farm area, there were a lot of things like that to do. I detasseled corn, did gardening, and various things I could find to do. So <clears throat> when I was in high school, I had one pair of Levi's. I washed them out myself when I came home from school at night. My mother was very sick. We had very little compared to what so many people have now. I know what it's like to not have what you want. So in the course of all of this, I found the job gardening for a lady my mother also worked for. And um, she took me home one day at noon, uh, just because I had to go home. What happened was, going through this small residential area, there was a farmer that had come home for lunch, and the baby was without milk, and he raced to the little town there, where we lived at the time, and he was picking up milk and then racing back to eat the meal his wife had fixed. He was going about 60 miles an hour in a residential area. The lady taking me home from the job I had with her and her husband, um, she eased out into the intersection. He didn't stop, and he hit the car I was in broadside on my side. It was an old Edsel. Edsel. If you remember, those cars were very, very solid. But it caved the whole door in. It had a terrible effect on me. It, it, I had a, an awful brain concussion. I came out of that stumbling on the street not knowing where I was or what was going on. I just was stumbling on the street. And uh, they finally got a hold of me and, and took me in a car and took me home. I was in terrible shape because the impact of the collision on the right side, it forced my spinal column out of alignment from the base of the skull to the base of the spine about an inch and a half to the left. I cannot tell you, I can't tell you the pressures and the Every, my whole world was torn apart. I mean, nothing, nothing. I was hard enough the way it was, but now I had this to deal with. And it went on like that. I finally, I got out of high school and I went to Des Moines, Iowa to work. And there I had a job, uh, a good paying job at that time, but it was very difficult because I also enrolled at Drake University at night wanting to do something with my life. I don't believe that God gave anyone greatness but he did give him the ability with which to achieve it if he's not lazy or severely impaired physically one way or another. You are what you are because you want to be that way. If you didn't want to be that way, you'd do something about it. And with the Holy Ghost, you have no excuse. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what your heredity factors are. I don't care what your environmental factors are. If you want to do something with yourself, you've got the Holy Ghost. You've got a name above every name. You can do exactly what you want to do. You can be anything you want to be. The sky is the limit 
You've got power that no other one in this world has got a hold of. We've got a revelation, understanding that no one else in the earth has. We need to come through those doors every time we come to church, worshiping, shouting. Forget these weak hallelujahs and all the nonsense we go through. Who cares about the ball game or the local sale on dresses or cars? Why don't we come through the door and lift our hands to God and begin to worship Him because He is the best thing that has ever happened to any of us. There is nothing to compare with the touch of the Spirit of God upon us. That's what this is all about. I feel like clapping. I feel like shouting. I feel like running. I feel like crying out with my voice tonight. If you feel like it, do it. Some of you have already begun to run. There's something here that wants to be born this year, different from anything I've ever felt in all the seven years I've been coming. It's because of your fasting. It's because of your praying. And God has heard, and he's come down to grant it. That's what this meeting is all about. If you feel that, you can stand to your feet. You can run if you want. You can clap your hands. You can cry out. You can shout with your voice of triumph because I feel great triumph in this house tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So... I was in terrible shape. I got to going to a doctor. I had to have help. I couldn't, I could not keep up the job I had and go to Drake University at night. I began to study commercial art. I couldn't do it without some kind of help. My spine was in terrible shape. And um, I found a, a place and they did some x-rays and some examining and all this. And they began to give me treatments and it did help. There's no doubt about it. So what happened was, I was so bad, I was going Monday night after work, Wednesday night after work, and Friday night after work, and sometimes could not make it from Friday to Monday. Had to come in on a Saturday evening or something, and they'd help me. It was, it was really a bad situation, and they, I went so often, they gave me a discount. I mean, I was just, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get there. I couldn't make it without getting there and their help. And I began to despair. I mean, by the time I was 22 years old, I was despairing. I mean, I mean, it just looked like life was going to be impossible, impossible with everything I'd already been through. Now this physical condition, and there seemed to be no help. Permanent. The doctor said, you'll probably never come out of it. And then, someone like you invited me to a service like this. I was a member of the Evangelical Free Church. They're very evangelical. In fact, at the church I went to, they allowed no one to go to movies, not even Walt Disney movies. There was no gossip allowed in the church. No one gossiped there. They practiced the philosophy of Jesus. Found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. His philosophy is the greatest philosophy in all existence. His philosophy is the only philosophy that sets the adherent free. Nothing else does. And I did a lot of work for them. Billy Graham was my hero. I used to take youth groups. Uh, I was in Campus Crusade, Youth for Christ. I got into all kinds of things because I was interested. And I would take youth groups to Billy Graham Crusades in Chicago. So when I was invited here, quite frankly, I wasn't interested in coming but you know, you try to be kind to friends. And I didn't have a car, I was going to Drake University at night, so they picked me up. Oh. I got there. It was not a beautiful church like the church I went to. We had stained glass windows, a roped choir. Uh, it was just a beautiful thing. A lovely group of people, tremendous people. And I liked the pastor. He was an outstanding preacher, I thought, in those days. And so... <laughs> I was very happy there. But the Pentecostal church I came to was a basement in a parsonage. The church had been taken because of the throughway coming through the city, and they had what they call a home missionary church, and church was in the basement of the new parsonage they, would, they had built, and eventually they were going to build a new church. So I walk into this basement. There are cobwebs from the ceiling. The ceiling isn't even finished off. 
the carpet is worn out, the altar rail is shaking. I mean, it's just different. And when they started, I had no idea what I was in for. Just like if you're visiting here tonight, you have no idea what you're in for either. They started singing. I mean, 90 miles an hour, bang, just like that. And they're clapping, and they've got their... I'm thinking, how did I get talked into coming to this situation? My heart was pounding, and tears began to well up, and I would not cry in public. I'm not going to do it. I, I'm thinking, they, they go at it. And he preached on hellfire and brimstone. And in... And he just gave an altar call on and on and on for sinners to come. I'm the only visitor there. And it's people are looking at me. I didn't go to the altar. <laughs> but they did something before that that I was preoccupied with. In the course of that service, people raised their hands and said, Pastor, I want prayer for my body tonight. I had never seen that any place, not with 60,000 people in a Billy Graham crusade. I had never seen that in the Baptist church, the Evangelical Free Church, nothing like it. It was the most fascinating thing I had ever heard. And so I watched people. He said, come right now. Several people came out of that little audience and came down front. They stood there and lifted their hands like this. He opened some little bottle of oil. It was, I found out it was olive oil like we make spaghetti with in New York State. but. He just opened it, and, and he went like this on every head down the line and laid hands and said, in, I pray in Jesus' name. I had never seen anything like that anywhere. They came back and sat down. Later, they had what you call a testimony service. These same people stood and said, I want to thank God. I have been healed tonight. The Lord has healed me. I never heard anything like that. And people, when you are desperate, you don't care what you have to do as long as it works. This world is desperate tonight. That's why when they come in here, you ought to do it the way you know to do it. They don't care what you look like or what you act like. They're looking for something. The world has failed them. But in this house, there is peace in this house. There is forgiveness in this house. There is deliverance in this house. There is healing in this house. He has come to set us free. If you are free tonight, you ought to clap with all of your might. You can jump up and down and you can shout to each other, to the Lord, I am free. I am free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I looked at those people. They, they, were de they were dressed decent. They looked like respectable citizens in the community. I never saw anything like it. So the next time I went back to service was about the month later. I happened to meet the pastor outside that basement going down the steps into the service. And I said, Reverend Butcher, I want prayer for my body tonight. That's what you had said. So I figured if I said what you said, he'd know what I needed. And he said, Mr. Stone King, we'll be very happy to pray for you tonight. They knew nothing about me. They didn't know my condition, what had happened. So they started. It was Sunday night. They started about 110 miles an hour on Sunday night. I mean, they were into it. And I, I mean, I can't do it. I'm, I don't do this in the Evangelical Free Church. I thought... They had forgotten me, is what I really thought. So when you're desperate, everyone say desperate. I raised my hand. And he said, Mr. Stone King, what is it? I said, I want prayer for my body tonight. He said, come right now. Well, then my heart really began to beat. I have no idea what's going to happen here. I don't know what's going to happen. I've just watched what happened to you. So I came down front. And he, I knew what he was going to do because I'd watched him do it to some of you before the last service. I raise my hands this high. This is a major thing for me. I mean, I didn't do this, but I did this. This is major for me. I put my hands in there like this. 
he just put oil on my forehead said I command you to be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and all I said was because I didn't know how to pray the way you pray out loud with all of these words I just said I believe that's all I said that's all I said he opened his eyes pat him on the shoulder I turned and walked back to my seat and the service went on well, after a while, they took an offering. This is Sunday night, so I'm thinking to myself, well, I pay the doctor tomorrow night. I should tip God here tonight as the offering plate goes by. Just pay him a little something for what he's done. So I dropped in the offering plate what it was going to normally cost me to go to the doctor tomorrow night. Just dropped it in, went on. Service was over, and I went home. Monday morning came. There was no pain. There was no, there was no pain. There was, there was no pain. It was incredible. Tuesday came, and there was still no pain. Wednesday, there was no stiffness. There was no soreness. There was no pain. My whole back, my shoulders, my neck, it was all mobile. It was like having a new lease on life. It was, it was incredible. Thursday came. I was still without pain. No swelling of any kind. Friday came, and the doctor's office called. And they said, Lee, where are you? Are you bed fast? I said, no, no, I'm not. They said, well, you've missed all your appointments. I said, yes, yes, I have. What's wrong? I said, I'm not sure you're going to believe this. I said, but I've been on the east side of Des Moines Sunday night. I said, and they believe in divine healing in this little church. They anointed me with oil and prayed for me in Jesus' name, and I've been miraculously healed. He said, I want to see you. They always want to see you, you know. I said, all right. I go in. I tell the entire story again. The doctor is furious. I, I can still see it. He pointed a finger at me. He said, boy, I'll give you one month and you'll be in worse shape than you were ever in. And I just grinned. I said, no, I don't think so. I think this is going to work. It's 42 years later and it's still working tonight. After 42 years, I have been healed miraculously by the power of God. So, my life, it was totally different. So I went back to church. Another long story. Got baptized in Jesus' name. Got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the night I got the Holy Ghost, it was on Sunday night. The next morning, I called the people I rented from, because I had my own home in Highland Park in those days. I was buying it, going to college at night, as I said. And I called this landlady her name was Ethel. Her husband was at work. And I said, Ethel, you know, when you first get the Holy Ghost, when you first get it, say first get it, you don't think about what's right or wrong or what you shouldn't or shouldn't should do. You just do it. You don't care what anybody thinks. Some people say, well, I, you know, I, I got mature. No, you didn't. You backslid. <laughs> you don't ever need to get mature in this. If we could go back to the place where we first found him and we began to act like that every service, it would tear things to pieces. It would just tear. It would tear the job to pieces. It would tear the school to pieces. It would tear everything to pieces. I don't ever want to become mature in this. But I called my landlady and I said, Ethel, I got the Holy Ghost last night. She said, what? I said, I got the Holy Ghost last night. She said, Lee, I am so sick with the migraine headache. She said, I cannot get out of bed. She was a, a, an older lady. And I said, I'm coming over. I mean, you don't think about it when you just first converted. I went over. And, and that, in those days, you didn't have to lock the doors. I went right in, went back, and she was lying. Her head was on that pillow, her white hair. She looked terrible. I said, Ethel, listen. 
I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost last night. These apostolic Pentecostals believe that these signs follow them to believe. They believe in divine healing. I can anoint you with oil and pray for you and God will heal you. And when they're desperate, they don't care. They do not care. I said, have you got any oil in the house? She looked at me. She said, I think there's some Mazzola oil in the kitchen. He didn't say what kind of oil. He just said oil. It could be Penn State, Quaker State, or whatever. But there's one thing about it. It's got to be done in a name that is above every name. It's in the power of that name. It's not in the oil. It's in the name. I run to the kitchen. I'm nervous. It's my first debut, you understand. I found this big bottle of, of Mazzola oil. And I'm nervous. I open it and I spill it because I'm nervous. Well, I've got oil every place. I'm anointed for the task. I can tell you, I'm ready to do it. I go back into her and I walk up over to the bedside. I put my hand on her head and I said, I command this headache to be gone in the name of Jesus Christ. I will never forget it. She opened her eyes and grabbed her head. She said, it's gone. She said, it's gone. She said, it's gone. People, it's supposed to be gone. Something is supposed to happen when you pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Something is supposed to happen. Do I have to quote it? These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. What is his name? Say it again. Shout it. In my name, Jesus, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They, believers, shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. They shall recover. They shall recover. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of it. We're losing too many people to cancer. We're losing too many people to sicknesses and diseases. My confidence is not in physicians or doctors. My confidence is in the dear and glorious physician. His name is Jesus of Nazareth. There's never been anyone like him. There is no one as powerful. He is able to do anything, everything, all things. Nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. Nothing, no thing shall be impossible to them that believe. We've got to get that erupted in our lives and hearts again. That needs to explode in our minds, in our hearts. Because if you get a hold of this, you will become a fanatic. Oh. I said to myself, I've got a hold of something. I've got a hold of something. Something has got a hold of me. I said to myself, if there is a God this real, if there is a Jesus this real, I will shout this from the housetops. I will shout this from the housetops. And I have done so and will continue to do so. You came too late to tell me that people are not healed miraculously in our day. You came way too late. You came too late to say there are no miracles. Uh, I'm not interested in just coming to some mediocre service. Uh, I'm sick of church. I'm sick of camp meetings. I'm sick of conferences. Uh, unless something is going to happen. Something needs to happen. Something is supposed to happen when we come together. Where two or three are gathered together in his name. There he is in the midst of them. Because Jesus is here, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen here tonight because Jesus is in this house. I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care what the prognosis is. I don't care what the diagnosis is. If God is in this house and he's here tonight, anything can happen. Anything can happen. He can heal you right where you are standing, right where you are seated. I will clap my hands and I will shout with my voice the shout of praise and worship to him. Hallelujah. I can feel, I can feel a tremendous hunger here tonight. I can feel a reaching, and some of you are already beginning to touch it. If I'm talking to you tonight, you've got a right to shout. You've got a right to let your voice out. You've got a right to claim it. It does not matter what your neighbor hears you say. It does not matter what anybody thinks. <laughs> Hallelujah. The news spread about my healing just in the local area. And people began to come to church. And my pastor and his wife were thrilled. And they took me to a general conference right after I got the Holy Ghost. On the last night of that general conference, 
A man whose name is Brother T.W. Barnes was asked to preach a healing service. They wanted me to hear him. I knew nothing about him. We're sitting about halfway back on the main floor, the pulpit area straight in front of us. When that man stepped into the pulpit, he never said one thing. When he stepped into the pulpit, I watched full-grown adults come to their feet screaming, spinning between the pews. I don't know how they got out of the pews and falling in the carpeted aisles on their faces, being miraculously healed and sinners receiving the Holy Ghost. All he did was step into the pulpit. I never had seen anything like it. I had never I never knew that such things could happen. People were weeping all around us. I made up my mind. I wanted to meet him. At the end of that service, I stood in line to get to that platform. And when I walked up to him, he stopped everything and looked at me and reached that hand to me and laid hands on me and prayed for me. It was in 1964, as I recall. I was just with him about two or three weeks ago in his office. He said, Brother Stone King, I remember the day you came to that platform. He said, of all the faces that were in that audience, I remembered your face. There was something about you. It's called hunger. It's called hunger. And what I've come to say this year to this conference and every place else I preach, if God would do it for me, he will do it for you. I am not better than anyone here tonight. It's just that I wanted it. And I reached the place early on in this. I didn't care what people said, what they thought, or what they didn't think. It doesn't make any difference to me. I've got it, and I know that I've got it. It doesn't make any difference what the world says or does. It doesn't make any difference what my peers do. It doesn't make any difference to me. It doesn't make any difference to me, and it shouldn't make any difference to you. The reason we don't have this stuff among us more than we have it is because our preachers are so afraid of what their peers are going to think. They're so afraid of what someone else is going to say. I don't have carnal friends. I've never had carnal friends. I have only spiritual friends. I don't need carnal friends. The thing you give yourself to is the thing you're going to become. The people you associate with, that's exactly what you'll become. I don't need spiritual friends. I'll pray for carnal people on the altar, but they're not my personal friends. I'm not involved with them emotionally and will not be. Because if I know that God is happy with me, the rest does not matter. If God be for us, who could be against us? It doesn't matter who's against you. If Jesus is for you, you're going to make it. I mean, the rest doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The Holy Ghost is speaking to preachers right here tonight, right now. The Holy Ghost is speaking to some of you. If you're near a preacher, reach your hands toward them. Let your voice out and pray that God will do a miracle as he's never done before. Let there be an anointing, Lord Jesus, fall upon us here tonight like we've never known before. Let the gift of faith be become imparted to the pastors, to the preachers, to the evangelists that are here. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray that fire will suddenly explode in the lives and the hearts of the saints that are here in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth uh, by the authority of the word of God by the power of the name of Jesus in Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus hallelujah would you lift your hands and just let your voice out again? There is something happening. There are things taking place in the Spirit here tonight. Wonderful things. There's an imparting of the Holy Ghost. And I can feel at this very moment, God is reaching for a number of young people in this area, right here in this church tonight. Lord Jesus, tonight I pray, I remove all doubt in the name of Jesus. I rebuke all fear in the name of Jesus. Someone's going to do it, Jesus. It might as well be us. It might as well be us in this hour. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus. 
Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I just encourage you here tonight to let your voices out. I'm encouraging to let your voices out because the very thing you've prayed for and fasted for before this meeting is coming upon you right now. The very thing you prayed for is upon you. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. 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 Just for a moment, if it is appropriate, would you reach over and take a hold of the hand of the person next to you and just begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Because it's in that name. It's in that name. There is a moving of the Spirit. There is a flowing of the Spirit from vessel to vessel in this house here tonight. You can feel it right there. It is true. It is written. These signs shall follow them that believe. The Bible says, pray one for another that you may be healed. Pray one for another that you may be healed. Healed of what? Healed of anything. Healed of everything. Healed of all things. The power of prayer. The power of prayer. The power of prayer in the hands of believers. There's no power like this power in the name of Jesus. That's it, son. That's it. Such as I have in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. By the authority. By the authority. By the authority of the name of Jesus by the power of the name of Jesus the authority of the word of God that's it that's it in the name of Jesus of Nazareth yes yes oh hallelujah 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 Jesus hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus some of you are being powerfully used right now right there where you're standing right there where you are seated some of you are being powerfully used by God because the Holy Ghost is flowing through you in the name of Jesus such as I have. I challenge you to take hold of the person next to you and say such as I have in the name of Jesus. I challenge you to do it. You've got nothing to lose, everything to gain. You can say such as I have in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are, there are people weeping and crying. There are people weeping and crying in this place because God has suddenly come down, moving among us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I worship you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you feel that God has done something for you just in the last few moments, would you lift your hands and just let your voice out in praise and thanksgiving? If you honestly feel that God has done something for you individually, personally, that's it, that's it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. It's wonderful what is moving here. It is wonderful what is taking place among us here tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I will lift my voice. I will lift my voice to you. I will praise you, Jesus. I will worship you in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Yes. 
I, I said to myself back there after I met Brother Barnes, I want what he's got. I want to get a hold of the miraculous. I've got to have it. I don't want to be just a traditional Pentecostal. I want to be an apostolic Pentecostal. There's a vast difference, people. There's a vast difference. Why make the effort to come here and just go through the motions? Why don't we come with our gifts and our anointings? And why don't we help each other? Why don't we reach out to each other? We've got nothing to lose. There's an anointing on the, on, in this area. There's an anointing on the platform. But there is a mighty anointing in the pews among the people. There's an powerful anointing upon believers oh in fact brother Barnes prophesied to me about three or four years ago he said brother Stone King he said I don't want you to spend a lot of time calling people out he said God is calling you to mass evangelism he said we've got to reach the masses so this is something I've begun to do and you may or may not understand this I don't know but it's working because of what I've been through and all that's happened, I'm more desperate than I've ever been to help people. I've got nothing to lose, everything to gain. People, Jesus is coming. He really is coming. I mean, all the players are in place. The stage is set. Jesus is coming. We've got nothing to lose now. Why should we apologize to anybody? Why should we look down, lift up your head and say, yes, I'm one of them. Yes, I've been to water in Jesus' name. Yes, I've spoken with tongues. Yes, I have the Holy Ghost. Yes, I believe there's only one God. Yes, I believe in holiness. Yes, I believe in divine healing and the miraculous and the fivefold ministry and the gifts of the Spirit. Yes, 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 yes. So what I've been doing is in some of these conferences and preaching sessions I've been going to, I say before I step in the pulpit, Jesus, when I step in the pulpit and as I'm preaching, let all manner of diseases and sicknesses depart from the people while I'm preaching. It is astounding the things that are beginning to happen. I don't have to have the credit. I don't need the credit. I'm not the healer. Jesus is the healer. But if we back out of the way and let him do what he wants to do, people, you'd be so excited to get to church, you couldn't hardly wait to get here. This is not supposed to be some dead boring formalistic situation it's supposed to be a powerful experience where God manifests himself in the beginning the saints came with their gifts one brought a tongue and interpretation they came they prayed they pulled what they had and they worshiped God and the place exploded they shook it was Christianity the top of the Roman Empire because the lions couldn't eat it, the fire couldn't burn it, the walls couldn't contain it, the prisons couldn't hold it. There was nothing they could do. How do you fight a power like this? You don't fight a power like this. Because God is a spirit. How do you fight what you can't see? How do you fight someone that doesn't even bother to knock at the door? He just slips through the wall and says, down your tables, I'm going to have lunch with you. How do you fight that? You don't fight that because you can't fight that. How do you fight someone that stands in front of a tomb and says, Lazarus, come forth! Been dead for four days! Judaism said nobody could be raised from dead after the third day because the body was already decaying. Jesus waited for the fourth day to just tear their laws to pieces. That's why he didn't come sooner. He knew what they believed on the fourth day. He said, Lazarus! It's a good thing he named him. If he hadn't, the whole resurrection would have come out of there because he is the resurrection and the life. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out of the tomb, wrapped in grave clothes. And the command was, loose him and let him go. In other words, unwrap the grave clothes. And I feel tonight everywhere I go, I feel that even here, there is a command in the spirit that is saying from God, loose them and let them go. Loose them and let them go. Unwrap the trappings. Unwrap the carnality. Unwrap the wilderness. Unwrap the grave clothes. And let my people go into the realm of the miraculous, into the realm of the supernatural. Let my people go. You can feel that. You can feel that. You can feel that. There's a loosening. There is a loosening. There is a loosening. 
Brother Barnes called me one day. He said, Brother Stone King, he said, listen, boy. He said, I'm getting phone calls and letters from everywhere. He said, people are being healed of cancer just, just in the services where you've been. You've never even prayed for them. He said, I get letters and phone calls all the time. I've gotten letters and phone calls. That is incredible, people. We're not going to reach this world with our traditions the way we've been going at it. Something's got to happen, people. I'm in services sometimes where there are 15, 20,000 people. How are you going to have a healing line for 20,000 people? You're not going to have a healing line for 20,000 people. I'll need five stretchers and paramedics to get me out of there. There's no way to do it, but the Holy Ghost can sweep through an audience and suddenly right where you are seated, a tumor can disappear, cancer cells can be burned out, a leg can grow, an eye can see, a deaf ear can suddenly hear, legs can grow. I walked by a preacher in one of our conferences that was born with one leg shorter than the other one, and he screamed upon. I got about 10 steps be be beyond him. He cried out, Brother Stone King, come back. I went back. He said, look, my leg has grown. My leg has grown. He had to learn to walk all over again because his leg was too long now. He, he was used to making, you know, concession for it. He had to learn to walk all over again. People, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one like him. There never has been. There never will be again. Oh. God is calling us to mass evangelism. And the gift of faith is beginning to break loose in this country among our churches. Because I travel, I know. The gift of faith is coming. It's really beginning to break loose among our people. What is the gift of faith? It's what God does without us. In other words... When you're in the pulpit, I don't care what your position is, if the Holy Ghost falls, and this is something else I don't understand. I'll throw this in for free. It's not part of the notes. If you're singing a chorus, How Great Thou Art, and God is moving and people are weeping and crying, don't change gears and sing I'll fly away. That's not where it is. It's with how great thou art. If you sing it 5,000 times, keep singing it as long as the people are being ministered to. We kill the Spirit in so many ways. When the Holy Ghost falls and sweeps in, I'm smart enough to know I can't upstage Jesus. I can't compete with him. You're a fool if you think you can. I have the good sense when he comes in, I just close the notes. It's not that good anyway. There are some preachers in denominational churches study and work 35 hours or 40 hours a week to present a masterpiece in oratory on Sunday morning. And they are masterpieces, oratorically speaking. I could spend 35 hours a week preparing some message. I'd get to church and Jesus would scrap that and do this. Because the difference between us and all that out there is every time we step in a pulpit, Brother Gleason, every time we step in a pulpit, preacher, we expect a miracle. We are expecting a miracle. We are expecting God to come down and deliver the people and to help the people. And they're expecting to hear a word from God, not just some oratorical expertise. The gift of faith is beginning to, to break loose. I have been to conferences where preachers, it has happened. The Holy Ghost has come in. But they're so impressed with what they've prepared, they're going to preach it no matter what. And I've seen them settle, settle everything down. And the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. He won't force you. And they lost it. They never raised it to that point again, and the altar services were dead. I've seen it in, in general conferences. Name preachers totally blew it. The Holy Ghost came in. If they had stopped and let God do what he wanted to do, there's no telling what would have happened. So when the Holy Ghost, the choir does not have to sing. Do you know that? They can sing it next time. And you don't have to take an offering at exactly the same time every night. If the Holy Ghost falls, Take the offering at 11 o'clock. You'll get more money. They're all prayed through. If we would just learn to follow God, just follow the Spirit of God. If Jesus comes in, that's what we're here for. The only reason we have come here tonight is to connect you to Jesus 
and Jesus to you. Once that connection is made, the best thing you could do is step aside and say, Jesus, which way do you want me to go? Who do you want me to go after? And I'll climb over pews and go after you. I'm not afraid of anything. It doesn't make a difference to me. The worst you can say is, go away. I'm not retarded. That means to make a bout face and go the other direction. I can do it. No problem. Lift your hands for a moment and just worship God. The Holy Ghost is trying to break some of you loose tonight from some of your thinking. We've got to get beyond our traditions and get into the things of the Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Are there people here tonight, I believe there are, that want desperately to get into a realm of the Spirit that you've never been into before? If I'm talking to you here tonight, just raise your right hand and wave it toward the Lord. He will hearken to that cry. He will hearken to that desire. He will hearken to that hunger. Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, in the name of Jesus. This is beautiful, people, because almost every hand in this audience is being raised tonight. People are reaching out for God, worshiping, worshiping, worshiping the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh. Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, In Jesus' name. Let your voice out once again. Just let your voice out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. People, it's wonderful what I feel among you. It's just wonderful to walk down this aisle and to feel what I feel among you people here tonight. There is great faith here, and there's a marvelous anointing upon you as a people. There is a marvelous anointing upon you people here tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, I worship you in the name of Jesus. Why don't you people just do what you feel to do? There is something trying to burst forth. There is something trying to break loose among you in the name of Jesus. Why don't you just do what you feel to do, what you've been wanting to do in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. That's it. There are people being healed right now. There are people being physically healed right now as the Spirit of the Lord is just sweeping through in among you and around you. People are being wonderfully healed, miraculously healed in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it. I thank you for it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Jesus. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I worship you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. There's tremendous anointing upon that young lady right there. Tremendous anointing upon her in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God is listening to your voice, sir. God is listening to your voice right now. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because you have bowed before him, he has lowered the scepter to you. Because you have bowed toward him, he has lowered the scepter to you. The thing you've been looking for is upon you right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. With the same measure that you pour out the tears, he will pour back anointing and blessing upon you. In the name of Jesus. In the in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I don't, don't know who you are, but the hand of God is on you. And the Spirit of the Lord is breaking loose some chains. Chains are being broken in the name of Jesus. By the authority of the Word of God, by the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it, that's it, that's it. That's it, you've got it, you've got it, you've got it, man, you've got it right there. I set you free in the name of Jesus. I set you free in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, such as I have, such as I have in the name of Jesus. I remove all fear. I remove all fear and the holy boldness in the name of Jesus and the peace, the peace that passes all understanding to take away, to take away in the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There are so many things I could say, so many things I could do, but I feel the Holy Ghost is pulling at people to come to this altar of prayer and to somehow or other tonight, in the name of Jesus, by the words from your own mouth, your destiny will become set. Your destiny will become set and fashioned here tonight, for there is something reaching to your hunger. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. It is written, come unto me, let your voice out. Seek him while he may be found. Some people here are repenting. Some people are repenting in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. There's a whole group of young men back here in this aisle. 
And the Holy Ghost is hearkening to their cry in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, help this to be the most unusual meeting we've ever had. Help us, O oh God, I pray, to enter into those places of holiness and power and the reality of Jesus. Help us to enter into those places of power and reality in the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. I worship you. I worship you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want to set you free tonight. I set you free tonight to minister to each other. If you feel led of the Holy Ghost to lay hands upon each other, do that in the name of Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.